Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. I am not gonna sing Faith of the Heart. Which you know what, I don't have to. I don't have to sing Faith of the Heart because I have worked really hard in my career. I have earned the right. I have done all the lowly jobs in order to be in a position where I don't have to sing Faith of the Heart if I don't want to. In fact, you could say that it's been a long road getting from there. <laughs> I've literally just cracked myself up my own joke. Anyway, yeah, we have been hovering and let's do another Dolphin Series episode. Let's do another Dolphin Series episode. And everyone in the comments is like, you haven't done the NXO1 Enterprise. I'm like, oh, we should do another Dolphin Series episode, but just can't think of a ship to do and everyone in the comments is like you've not you've not done the enterprise from enterprise do that one and we've just been like yeah just big shame can't think of a ship to do so here you go here you are are you happy now here is nxo one secrets you need to know are you just, uh, just take take my flesh next time it would have been less painful and you know what let's just cast all that cynicism aside for one second because this is a very special episode of the dolphin series because we haven't just scoured technical manuals we haven't just scoured the internet like we normally do we have gone to the man himself the myth the legend the g doug drexler to ask him all the things we don't know about the ship that we should tell you about the ship and he went oh you know what all right I'll tell you. And tell us he did. So now this is me, Adam Cleary, on Trek Culture, telling you. Number 10, Faith of the Art. Now, back in the day, the show was just called Enterprise. Not Star Trek Enterprise, just Enterprise. And when they were coming up with the design for the ship, they had the entire spectrum of Star Trek ship design to go from. First contact wasn't long out, so you basically had the Phoenix at one end of the spectrum all the way to the Enterprise E at the other. And the designs were all of them somewhere between the two. Specifically, illustrator John Eaves in 2001, when talking about the design of the ship, said pretty much the same thing. He would go from one end of the spectrum, the Phoenix, to the other end, the Enterprise E, and it was just never quite what the producers of the show wanted to see. And then something happened. They went through all the existing ship designs, all the things that had been kicking around which hadn't really had too much screen time, and they found the USS Thunderchild, the Akira-class ship from Star Trek First Contact. And something began to gestate between the designers and the producers, and the idea of just literally using that ship was floated. Then, of course, the art department got wind of this and went, whoa, 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 you can't just use a ship from 200 years in the future and think nobody's going to notice. The internet will lose its damn mind. I would have lost my damn mind. But if that's what you want, if you like that design, we can start to build something around that. And they started incorporating elements from the Thunderchild into the overall look of the new NX-01. And, well, 
pretty similar when you look. It, it might be a myth, but there is at least the story that the producers wanted to wholesale use the CGI model from First Contact, the Akira class. Yeah. That, that's yeah. true. Yeah. How did you, yeah. how did you um, feel about that at the time? Peter Watson called me and said, can you get the Akira model from Foundation Imaging? I said, yeah, I could get it. And he had suggested using the Akira. Nobody saw it, he said. It's like a new ship, you know. And Herman uh, and I were both really uh, disturbed by that. But if you look at Star Trek history, it's not unusual. You know, in the next generation, you could find pictures of Herman Zimmerman and Rick Berman looking at the Enterprise A from the movie series. They were, they were considering using that. Uh, so they're always trying to, to save money, you know. Number nine, a new ride. It's a story that never gets widely talked about this, but because there was such a small amount of time between Voyager ending and Enterprise starting and there being all this pressure from the network to really get a snappy turnaround on it, they were literally deconstructing the Voyager set during the filming of its last few episodes. Like Kate Mulgrew and Rob Picardo both talked about the fact that they would literally finish a scene in one room and then they would just delete the room, which you'd think adds a real emotional heft to a show like that. You've been doing it for so many years and the ship is being destroyed around you as you filmed me last season. Anyway, that's another story. But the thing is, while it's another story, it's actually a much bigger story than just the destruction of Voyager because those original sets, the ones that would become Voyager, actually dated back on that Paramount lot to 1977. They were built for that aborted planet of the Titans Star Trek revival film slash series or whatever the hell it was supposed to be. Then that got repurposed into the motion picture, which stayed around for the movies, which ended up in The Next Generation, which ended up in part of Deep Space Nine, but largely went on to be Voyager and the Enterprise E. Like, we've done loads of videos about the reused sets. They all dated back from 1977, and then at the end of Voyager, they just got, boom, knocked over. Which means that if Star Trek Enterprise had anything that none of the other shows did, as well as, of course, Hoshi, my heart, it's that it had brand new sets. For the first time since the 70s, they actually built new sets for Star Trek. Stage 9 had been home to pretty much every single thing Star Trek for decades until this point, but Enterprise was filmed on Stage 18 with brand new ships and brand new walls and brand new floors and brand new everything. It is interesting. Don't look at me like that. Number 8, Star Tracks. Just want to quickly take a moment to throw some appreciation at Paul Sutherland, who writes these wonderful articles for us, because Star Trek has really amused me. Well done. It was actually Paul who spoke to Doug Drexler himself. One of the most interesting things he came out with was the detail in this ship that we never saw on screen was insane. Like because of advances in computer technology, they were able to realize everything about the exterior of the ship in microscopic detail, meaning they could just throw all kinds of practical or useful or interesting things onto it. And whether the show ended up using them was another, another matter entirely. But one of the best ones by a mile was this. They did an episode called Minefield where they had Malcolm like trudge halfway across the primary hull right. to get to this mine that was on the hull. It really makes them look unprepared and stupid, okay? That they have to walk and carry the stuff halfway around the hull. You can see the grid work on the hull and the plate work on the hull. And the idea is that there are cars that you could ride to any section, rise up out of the hull and ride to any section on the ship to do repair work. Not only that, the NX has an arm, several arms like the International Space Station. They can remotely, you know, fix things on the warp themselves. 
uh, without anybody ever leaving the ship. Now, if you, like me, hear that and you go, oh, that's a real shame. Now, these cool cars that could just zip around the top of the ship and these arms that would come out to fix them themselves. That's so interesting. Why did they never use that? I actually thought about it for five seconds. And the reason they never used that is because where is the drama? Whereas, oh, there's a mine on the ship. Okay, I'll just take the car. Oh, the water cell's broken. Oh, that's cool. I'll just use the cloth. It removes all the drama. You need things to break and be terrible and be bad and be underprepared because otherwise, what are they doing every week? Number seven, cover girl. Well, would you look at that? It seems an early version of the ship went out in marketing materials and promo stuff, and it wasn't the finished version of the actual thing. Now, unlike other ones we've done in this series where they've changed the overall design or they've changed the colors or they've changed something dramatic about the ship, the change that was made in the Enterprise between when it ended up on this magazine cover and when it debuted in Broken Bow was very small and it was literally very small it was literally a percentage change in one of its components just going to give you a couple of seconds this is the tv guide enterprise it was the first time anybody saw it just look at that Does anything look slightly bigger to you than it is in reality anything it's the windows if you look at that compared to what was on the show one it was brighter but you'll notice that the windows are a couple of percent larger on that model and I liked that better. I, I thought it made the ship seem more vulnerable. Um, somewhere along the line, they made the window smaller. It did live though, it did survive just being on that TV guide cover. That is the same model they used for all the internal instrumentalization, instrumentalize, instrument, it's it, all the instruments. That's the version that's on all the instruments. Instrumentalize, instrument. Number six, from Akira to NX. <laughs> what was that? Adam, did you just do an entry where you talked about the direct comparisons between the Akira-class USS Thunderchild and the NX-01 Enterprise? It would be really weird if you then did an entry which talks about the differences between the two, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, but guess what? Now, yes, okay, you look at it, you see the twin booms, you see the big notch at the back, you see the overall shape of the saucer section, you do see large similarities, and yes, it is true that initially the idea was floated to just use the Akira class for the NX-01 Enterprise, but Doug, the man who would know, told us that the similarities are not as obvious and not as prominent as a lot of critical fans may have pointed out. If you put the Akira next to the NX, they really don't look the same, but... The one thing that it does have that it borrows are the twin booms that are like a P-38 Lightning. Right. That was the perfect idea to not have a secondary hull. And Starfleet had done it already to, to, to uh, freak out or get pissed off because this came from the Akira. That's crazy. They're the ones who's crazy. It's, just look at Starfleet ships. The whole aesthetic is, they all borrow from one another. It's yeah. mixed and matched. Do you know what? He's right. I always quite like the fact that it looked similar to ships that existed in the future because, and yes, this is very much hindsight being 2020, but think of the criticism the Discovery got because it looked nothing like any other ship we'd seen. Like, the fact that they took design inspiration from a ship in the future means that you can make the narrative argument that the Akira class took design inspiration from the ship in the past. One big happy fleet. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Number five, a primitive beast. Now, one of the major similarities between the Akira class and the NXO1 is that big pod thing that it's lugging behind it. Now, on the Akira class, that is where all the whooping is stored, but on the NXO1, it is something completely different. Now, I always thought, incorrectly, I might add, that's where the engineering bay was, because, I don't know, that's just how I pictured it in my head. I know engineering's in the source section somewhere like that, but I always thought that was engineering. And while I was wrong, I wasn't totally wrong, apparently. According to Doug, that bit is there to show that the ship is not as advanced as the Star Trek ships we are used to, which just never really came up in the show. Like, the idea is, in the Star Trek of the future we all know and love, the warp bubble, the warp field, is generated by the nacelles that surrounds the ship and allows it to travel at faster than light speeds. Now, of course, the warp nacelles did do that on the NX-01, but they weren't as advanced as the ones we knew, and they couldn't properly generate the bubble very well. They could, but it wasn't symmetrical, it wasn't safe. So they had this special generator at the back of the ship which made it far more shapely and luxurious and made it a lot more safe. Never came up on the show, but that's what it was for. Yeah, Mike and I decided that to make the ship a little more primitive, the warp field that it generated was not symmetrical. It was asymmetrical and that created a problem. It'd be dangerous. So that pod was a symmetrical warp governor and basically that additional generator could shape the warp field for it and they still needed that when the refit rolled around eventually you get rid of it you know the idea behind having this big lumpy thing at the back was to make it not look as sleek and as well thought out and as well rounded and as sexy as something like the constitution clash because that is all just one shape here and one shape here and one shape there whereas the nx one was lumpy bit because they hadn't figured everything out yet it kind of makes sense it looks like an ironclad next to the constitution class the constitution class is sleek and smooth like an like a like a marine animal it's not like any spaceship you've ever seen before the NXL1's got plates on it, and it, it's it's primitive next to the Constitution class. Number four, sexy engines. Anyway, speaking of the Enterprise and all its sexy, sleek bits, despite it trying to look far more primitive than that ship, Doug did admit that they snuck in loads of cool little references to the original Enterprise as and where they could, and look no further, my friends, than the warp nacelles. On the original Enterprise, the ends of the nacelles with their hooded cones suggest exhaust. That was remedied by adding spheres. I kept that for the ends of the NX nacelles, but split the sphere in two. 
If the front of the nacelles looks like penises, I compounded that by making the ends of the NX nacelles look like a girl's butt in a thong. I thought that was fair. Girl's butt in a thong. A girl's, a girl's butt in a thong. I'm, anybody else? A girl's butt in a thong? Maybe I've just seen the wrong butts. Number three, Mod Squad. All right, yeah, there was the train cars and there was the robotic arms and all this cool stuff we never got to see. But one other thing that was literally listed in the design schematic but never appeared on screen was this bit, the back of the main hull, the back of the saucer section. Now you, like me, might expect that to be a shuttle bay because that's just where it is on every other ship. But no, it is not a shuttle bay, not according to Doug. If you look at the back of the secondary hull, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, there you go. So look at the back of the secondary hull, okay? Yeah. There's a little platform on the back with a couple of hangar bay doors. Okay. Uh, this, this that's here? Engineering, yes, that's the engineering staging area, basically. You could also use it to bring in supplies and things like that. Um, but if you take out that center section, you pull out those pieces, mm. there is a tunnel that goes to engineering. And the entire engineering department can slide out and an entirely new one can be slid in. So that's something most people don't know. I just so you open that up, you could just slide out the entire engineering. You know when they eject the warp core, and you always think, well, that looks very satisfying coming out in a big tube from the bottom of the ship. That, but for the entire engineering bay. I like that, although it would presumably just crash into the pod. Similar to this, there are four large hatches on the ship that were designed to open up and just be fly-through space for little worker bees or smaller craft. The idea being that they could then load the ship up with everything they needed in zero gravity instead of having to do it far harder in a gravity-based environment. Again, no story about this on the show because admittedly, it does rob some tension. Although, ejecting the entire engineering department would have been fun. Number two, refuture. Now, of course, Enterprise ended at the end of the fourth season with We Are The Voyages, and here on Trek Culture, we never, ever, ever like to talk about that episode if we can help it. But the Enterprise did get new life, let's say, six years later, when it debuted on the ships of the line calendar, or at least the SS Enterprise did anyway, and it looked like this. Now again, if you, like me, saw that and thought, oh, that was a cool idea, they should have done that in the show, well, that was, was the plan from the start, apparently. If you look at the NX, it, the proportions are almost the same as the 1701, because the idea is that it's growing towards that design. When I was, design, when I was designing it, I was taking a secondary, we knew we, we would make it more primitive by just having the saucer and the nacelles yeah. and that they would eventually build up to an engineering section plug it up look everything on star trek is like that look at the phaser it's got the it's got the pistol phaser the hand phaser goes on the top the battery pack goes on the bottom the enterprise was the same way yeah it was modular and so that was the idea that it so while i was designing it i was taking a secondary hull and placing it underneath and adjusting the symmetry of it to work with a secondary hull from day one. 
And quite interestingly, Doug says that once people found out about this plan, that it was all supposed to build towards a more complete ship, it really did reframe the design of the NX-01 in the minds of a lot of fans. Like, the guy got heat for the look of the thing when it first came out. People were like, wow, that's a pretty ugly starship you got there. Guess I won't be watching your show. But once they found out about the plan and how Star Trek it was going to look and how it was all building towards that, and that, if anything, was the entire premise of the show when you think about it, People love it now. I I don't hate the I don't hate the NX01. I that looks lovely. And knowing that it was gonna look like that makes it even lovelier. Number one, you gotta try this poll. <laughs> Alright, here, here, the main event. The main event is a poll, right? And I'll tell you why. Normally when we dig up these articles, when Paul or me or Marcus or whoever goes through all the facts and tries to find something, something about these ships that we didn't know, admittedly, you just you can't find ten things that nobody knew. We always get people in the comments being like, oh, I knew that one, or I knew that one, and to be honest, we knew some of them as well. It's just that, you know, the majority of people tend not to know all these things. So right here, right now, secrets of the NX-01 Enterprise, number one is something that I promise you, I promise you that you didn't know. Because I didn't know it, because none of us knew it, because nobody knew it. The only person who knew it is Doug, and Doug told us. You know that when you're on the bridge, to either side of the main viewing screen, there's a door. And the idea is that if you go out that door, there's a dark gallery that runs around the bridge on either side, circular gallery that has windows. Those windows you see on the bridge, that's where they are. And there's a gallery. Now, if you go outside those doors, there's a fireman's pole that you could slide down to go to engineering. Okay. You could jump on that pole and go straight down. Why wouldn't you? You know? I mean, that's always been kind of a, that's always been kind of a funny thing about Federation ships is everybody takes an elevator everywhere. Nobody takes stairs or ladders for the most part, unless yeah. they really have to. Yes, take firemen have firemen's poles for a reason. It's not just because it's fun. Whee! Right, the pole down. Because you're down there instantly. And if you look at the cutaway, <clears throat> engineering is like a deck below them and, and, and aft a little bit. So you jump on that fireman's pole and you go down. Uh, I wish we could have shown that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, there is a pole. There is a pole on the Enterprise NX-01 that you can slide down to go to engineering because they thought that would be really, really cool and it would just look awesome. And I can't believe they didn't use that in the show. But we occasionally get to see just a little bit around the corner of the bridge and stuff like that, but they never showed us the pole. And the idea was that just, it's just firemen use these poles for a reason because they're quick and they're convenient and engineering is just below the bridge. So why on earth would you not have a pole that you could just slide down and go that such a good idea, Doug, you absolute stone-cold legend for including that in the design of the ship. We are furious with every single two-bit writer that decided every single week, not going to do the poll, not going to do the poll, I'm not going to bother with the poll, we've got other stuff, the poll is not necessary. Let me tell you, lads, the poll was always necessary. In fact, the poll is so necessary, I'm debating renaming this series from the Dolphin series to the Poll series, because the poll is just... So, you could think of all the fun possibilities. You could have to poll on a poll, which is funny when you say it in a certain way. I, I despair. You know, I really enjoyed talking to you. I regret that we didn't reach out to you about Deep Space Nine or about, you know, a number of the other articles that we've done. I hope that we can do this again, talk about, you know, I have no idea what now, but, you know, there's got to be something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of my favorite things to, to blab about since 1966, so. <laughs> Great, love it.
Yeah, well, I really appreciate it, Doug. It's great to meet you. Yeah, you too. Take, take care. All right, I'll see you on the internet. Yes, absolutely. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.